What's going on, everybody, man? Welcome back. Thomas Free Me. This is the Thomas Free Me TV podcast show. Once again, you know the man. I bring him on frequently. I'm bringing him back on again. Mr. Joseph P. Langton. Joe, what's up, man? What's going on with you, brother? Hey, man, you know, man, taking one day at a time, really invested in uh, practicing what I preach, Mm. making sure I reach the right people. And salvage some lives. You know I what's see, going on. I see you got Mr. Bob behind you, man. Mr. Marlon. Yeah, stand up. All right. Stand okay. up for your rights. You know, you know what's going on, brother. So listen, I brought you back on, man, because something something um came my way, right? Now, yeah. a video was dropped to me, and it was asked that. You know, I review this 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 video and I'm bringing you on to review with me. I've not watched the video yet. I don't think you've watched the video yet. Yeah. And we're going to um, we're going to watch this together, listen to it, and then we're going to speak about it. And then I'm going to and then we're going to open up a case that I'm getting ready to interview this dude. Right. That's wrongly uh, uh, convicted. Right. For so we're going to go into the video and then we'll discuss the video afterwards. OK, sure. You've been locked away. It really hit home on my jog today. I imagine at this point you feel washed away, innocent. Why the real perpetrator got away? I know it's frustrating, cause even when I asked, I was met with death threats and verbally harassed by my own family that I haven't grasped. What's the truth that y'all don't wanna seem to be unmasked? I'll be honest, I didn't have the knowledge back when I was only a freshman attending college. Now I'm aware of your injustice to trying to Hold you hostage, spread your story through this song in hopes of bringing you some silence. Free Curtis Davis Jr., maybe heard of Curtis Flowers. Both found guilty by the same old powers, abusing their authority. Bunch of fraudulent cowards, it's time we start taking back what's rightfully ours. My tears are gone and my heart's grown cold from the fears that I already know. You got the wrong, wrong man. It was brown. Winter time down in Mississippi. Yeah. Somewhat of a cool night, just right above 50. Yeah. We sat at home staring at the wall, apartment empty. Yeah. The phone rung, it was wife, they asking, Do you miss me? It's been some months since y'all both been separated. Yeah. Still haven't settled in, not much you done decorated. Nah. Who would have guessed moments later you'd be investigated? Apprehended for a murder, leaving us all devastated. Father law killed right inside his house, inside his so house. they blame you, but I always have my doubts. Have murder doubt. weapon located. It's what they announced on somebody else Same night, wonder what that's about They knew you was already a felon Possession of a firearm denied you the bell And threatened to take away your kids If you had not begun telling The chain of events fabricated So we fired with this seller My tears are gone and my heart's grown cold From the fears that I already know You got the wrong Wrong 
confession put you right up in the front row seat to a show designed to make sure you suffer defeat facing life without parole so you enter the plea not knowing dna results would have set you free you tried appealing that decision but to no avail ineffective counsel landed you behind the cell praying more than ever knowing it's a living hell stabbed a few times nothing fatal gangs running jail once again Cases at the Court of Appeals, pleading with the Attorney General, looking over the deals, dismiss it outright, or look at what evidence reveals about the facts of the case, not what some idiot feels. Heard some people say, you may just really deserve it, well I believe in second chances and I deem you worth it, out fighting for your freedom, so hold on for a bit, this may very well be the only chance that I get. My tears all gone and my heart's grown cold from the fears that I already know. You got the wrong, wrong man. Wanna be free, let me out. Wanna be free, let me out. I wanna be free, let me out. I wanna be free, let me out. Let me out of here. You got the First and foremost, dude sounds nice, man. I like yeah, his tone. Definitely. I like his I like his rhythm, man. The way he flows. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if all his songs are like that, but the way he flowed through that, man, I really dug that song right there, man. Yeah, he meant it. He meant it. Yeah. The passion, man. It. And that's the thing, you know, that's that's like like us. You know, when you have a passion for something, man, it's you could just see it. You know what I'm saying? You 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 could just it just resonates. And you know that this person has been through something and is trying to share something. So you're the music man, man. You know, you know, you, you know, I'm just a bystander. I'm just a listener, man. What what do you think about that? Well, in this day and time, we have so many rap music, so many different rap artists who project this image of what we consider quote unquote black in America where weapons are displayed, violence are displayed, mm. you know, basically domestic terrorism at times. Mm. And with this brother displayed on the contrary or the flip side was the reality of what goes on in America's judicial system, what goes on in America's land of the milk and honey, mm. the land of the free. Land of the free. And what is mind-boggling to me, if you really listen to the song, for those who didn't listen to it, what I grasped out of it was the fact that he was facing life without parole. So he took a deal, and the deal was fraudulent because the DNA evidence that they found later on could have set this man free. So here it is, a man that was coerced to pleading guilty to something he did not do to spare his own life so he wouldn't die in prison for the rest of his life, maybe get an opportunity after 30, 40 years, whatever the case may be. But he was coerced to plead to something he didn't do just in his mind to spare maybe a little bit of life he can have left. And that's that's the thing about the American fabric that 
a lot of people, white, black, brown, or, you know, from different countries may not understand about the American judicial system is that 96% of their conviction rate is based on people pleading guilty. And the reason why we're pleading guilty is because we are overcharged. With one case, they give you 15 different felonies. So what that does is make a person who's afraid of doing the rest of their life in prison cop out to 5, 10, 20 years, uh, you know, without having to maybe do 30, 40, 50 years. So that's why most of us are in prison, you know, convicted under these draconian laws, meaning old laws, that was created in the 1800s. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, punish a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I. But, feel but what you that. say, oh. what you say right there is key point, though, because let me tell you something, man. You know, when I was when I was going to trial, and I let everybody know I was going to trial, and the reason why I let everybody know I was going to trial is because they were all ratting. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So, it, it. But but when I was going, it was. It was the constant pressure of knowing that I faced a mandatory minimum up under Bill Clinton. You know what I mean? Of 10 to life. These people could give me life and they showed me that they could give me life. And they told me that if I go to trial and I lose, if I go to trial and I lose, that they're going to give me life. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and it was again, it was that that pressure of. Really, me ultimately just saying, you know what, man, these people are just going to have to give me life because one, I'm not no rat. Number two, I got myself into this business. I got to get myself out of it. You know what I mean? And if they give me life, I know the good Lord has got me and I'm not going to do no life. You know what I mean? But yeah, and, and I went to trial. You know what I'm saying? But what you said is, is key point because this is what they do. It's funny yeah. that you said that. And I'm glad that you got everything that you got from this song by the way the song is from uh, a gentleman um topher t-o-p-h-e-r uh, and the name of the song is wrong man um because this song was written about uh individual by the name of curtis davis jr who curtis davis jr is is an individual who was married to a female and her daddy got murdered by a shotgun now I believe I'm getting ready to, to do this interview with Mr. Curtis. So I don't know all the facts as far as how they're lined up. And him and I have been communicating back and forth. And how it's led for me to believe is that within two days, he was pressured into taking a plea because the detectives were telling him that if he did not plea, that they were going to arrest him, his mom, and... Uh, his wife, that they were going to all be charged with murder. And the day that he was going in to talk to them about possibly signing a plea, they had his wife there in handcuffs at the station, you know, and you know how these people are. They had her propped up, I'm sure, to where he could see her as soon as they walk in. You know what I mean? So because it's all psychology, you know, it's all psychology with these people. You see what I'm saying? So he um and then his attorney came in and his attorney told him at that time advised him at that time that he take the plea because if not he wasn't going to represent him through trial or anything that he was going to walk away and that his family still owed him money for his services and it would be very hard for him to retain 
another attorney. So under all of these pressures, he signed the plea. Now, <laughs> this is where this is where it gets funny yet. Now he signed this plea, not knowing that the DNA results have came back from the lab three days prior. They did not notify him that the lab results came back, the DNA came back, and the DNA showed that not only was he not guilty of the murder, because the, the father-in-law had, I guess he was fighting. There was a struggle, so he had DNA up under his fingernails that didn't belong to him, right? And then there was a DNA on the murder weapon and things of that nature. That came back on, I believe it was August 27th. On August 31st, he goes into plea unknowingly that this DNA evidence came back and didn't find that out until after, way later. So they withheld that information from him, knowing that, it, that this DNA cleared him and still pressured this man into signing a guilty plea for murder that he did not commit based solely because he wanted to protect his family. You know what I mean? And now what's happening is he's went through the whole appellate process. The, uh, he won the appeal. They sent it back to the district and the district ruled that being that the DNA evidence came prior to him signing the plea, because he signed the plea, he's locked in. You know how they are when they come to plea deals. You know what I'm saying? Very hard to overturn a plea deal. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at. This man has been locked up, I believe, since 2009. He's going on 13 years now and mm -hmm. completely innocent. Completely innocent. And that's that's the, the thing, story. Uh, and the thing about that is this, right? Like, we hear this so often, right? This has become like a staple of America, like mass shootings. When you hear about mass shootings, you already put it with America. You're already looking about odds oh, in America, yeah. When you hear about school shootings happening in America, like, like these things are like now a part of its DNA, right? So now when you hear about mass incarceration, wrongful conviction, they are synonymous with mass shootings, right? And the reason why I say that, and I don't mean it depicted it in that term where you see mad casualties and blood and guts and glory, I didn't mean it in that term. So I really want to be humble in my approach because I can't compare nothing to uh, people losing their life, right? And, and, and from that aspect, but I do want to compare it in terms of it being a staple of America now. When you hear these things, you automatically identify with America. So people get out of prison after 40 years. You see it on Good Morning America. You see it on CBS. You see it on Today. You see it every day. Another man being released after 30, 40 years. And the thing about it is after they do these years and decades in prison and they come to the conclusion that they're not guilty, even though they already knew they was never guilty, uh, they give these people nothing. And there's still nothing you can really give them that will equate to 40 years held in captivity, right? So I, I say that to say this, we cannot let this happen to another brother. We can't let this happen to another sister. 
We can't let this happen to another child. We have to be the voices. We have to use our uh, what we consider common sense and really dig into these cases and really see why these people are held in these prison warehouses for decades and decades and come to realize that they're not even guilty. You know, that's sad. Well, and, and the thing of it is, is that we have, again, an issue with our, our, our prosecutorial, uh, our, our prosecutorial system. You know, this, this is the prosecutors. This is the prosecutors that's doing this. Now, what I, I didn't mention is there, w- there was an individual by the name of Curtis F- Flowers, Curtis Flowers, that just filed a federal lawsuit against a Mississippi district attorney by the name of Doug Evans for misconduct and wrongful prosecution. Now, Curtis Flowers spent 23 years in prison on murder charges that were later dropped and now suing that that um that DA it just so happens coincidentally this is the same DA DA that's on Mr. Curtis's case that I'm getting ready to interview Mr. Curtis Davis same prosecutor so you already have an individual that has proven that the prosecutor in this case is corrupt a piece of shit human being, you know what I'm saying, that withholds evidence and does whatever he can do to get a conviction to to further his career, right, so his kids can eat at the expense of starving other people, breaking other people's families up, and causing chaos, these type of individuals, you know what I'm saying, so. That was a good, that was, you did a good job of expressing that and showing. I feel that shit to the bone, man. The disgustingness of these people, you know, they're just slime. You know, people talk about pedophiles and the disgustingness of of what a pedophile is. And I put these prosecutors that do that in the same category as these rats and pedophiles and 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 snakes and, and all of the things that sliver amongst the earth. I put prosecutors in that in that in that position, man, because. They just do some of the evilest things on earth, man. Yeah. That happened to me, man. Um, you know, I was charged with uh, armed bank robbery in 1998. Uh, the bank got robbed. There was probably about like six or seven people in there. No one got hurt. No one was needs, you know, attacked. Uh, it was just... Uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't minimize it, but it was a robbery, but I wouldn't minimize it because robbery is robbery. And anytime you break the law, you should suffer the consequences. However, the point I'm trying to make is I was overcharged. And being that I was only 19 years old, they came up with a plea agreement that tricked me out of 22 years of my life. Not only that, uh, it led me to have a life sentence on parole. So not only did I do 22 years in prison, but I was also tricked into accepting life on parole. See what I'm saying? So I'm just, a, I'm, I'm living proof in a, a, a real clear. You're, you're on life on parole right now? Yes. Yes. You know, you know I just did an episode with the, with the Mr. Joseph Irizarry. I don't know if you was ever able to, to catch that episode or not. Um, I watch everything you do, brother. So, 
he is life on parole and he just violated. I just found out because he got into an altercation supposedly with somebody on the side of the road. And now they're trying to say that he stabbed this individual. Mm. So, so now they got him back in the state prison and he's going through this process. And, yeah. and it's, it's like he said, brother, I didn't know that. Or maybe you told me and it just slipped my mind, but that is a hell of a burden on you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I try to tell people these things. Uh, that's why I, I utilize social media to get my word out to the youth out there that they will literally and figuratively take your life from you. So being that I embody all the injustice that goes on in society, I just happen to be one that made it out and was able to articulate this information in a way where people can process it instead of reject it. And, um, you know, being on parole for life, I don't plan on being on it for life, but <laughs> at this particular moment, well, mm, maybe if I die soon and come back, maybe I can finish the rest of my time on parole. But until then, uh, I'm going to live as if I'm not on parole because I follow all the rules. And uh, so, you know, I have a good parole officer, but everybody's not going to have that. Everything just was in alignment for me, put it like that. But the fact that I did sign my life over because I was incompetent, I didn't understand the rules to the game that I was playing. And they knew that. And of course, they, 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 uh, not, not only do they know that, but they, they are like piranhas. They feed they off like that. Piranhas. Right. They, they look for that. And they come in schools. It's like, think about, when you watch, uh, what's that movie uh, with the guy with the glasses, Harry Potter, and then you see the Wicked Witch, like, can I do today? That's how they think in the boardrooms. You know what I'm saying? How many, oh, oh, let's get, let's get. Horse trading, water cooler talk, all that stuff. Yeah, it, 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 and they sound, and just saliva is just dripping all down their face because they can't wait to have a, a you know what I'm saying, what they call a oppressive orgasm. Mm. Mm-hmm. A oppressive orgasm hmm. is, you know, when when they just get a oh 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 a good feeling for right. for for entrapping us. Yep. You see, what I'm a win. Like you said earlier, they're by any means necessary to get a conviction. While we are so incompetent and so out of the mind state of what's normal thinking because we already believe we're convicted because we come from the hood or we come from poverty or whatever. We already believe going to jail is not even nothing to us. But the reality is we're being railroaded just like that man is being railroaded we're talking about today. And it's sad. Not only are we railroaded, but most of us don't have the money to pay for attorneys. That's why we go to prison because we're going to prison to get out of our situation. So we get caught in the process of trying to get out of our situation. We find ourselves in an even worse situation, a situation that we can't even dig ourselves out of. Right. So we just accept it. Uh, we join gangs when we get in there. Uh, and some of us resist and some of us like, like the comrade we're talking about right now uh, uses his voice to inspire others out on the outside to fight his battle. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're doing right now. He's used his voice as a weapon somehow, some way. He was able to reach the people out here for us to be able to speak about his situation and now give it to the world so that they can see 
in its totality, in its completeness, how the American system works. Well, it was 35,000 people that viewed that video so far. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing there, you know, yeah. and, but it, it's, 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 it's like, I don't even know what to say, man. You know, when, when, when you have a prosecutor, like, and, and when I said earlier about horse trading and water cooler talk, you know, these are terms that are widely known as you're about to get fucked for the most part, because what that is, is the prosecutor and your attorney, right. Coming together to make a deal over you. Now yeah. you, you may have Mr. Joseph P. Langton that had a, a, a rough, childhood and has many battle wounds you know as what you want to call criminal record you see so he would be an easy target for his attorney to go up to that prosecutor and say listen man i got a guy i know you want to lock this guy up you want to get this guy off the street right i'll get him to sign a plea if you let my other case this guy mr joe schmo if you let him go or you get me uh, some kind of deal on his case, you get Joe Schmo down to two years off 10 years and I'll get this guy to sign. These type of interactions occur. Do not forget, they made the, it's a stage. Remember, the courtroom is a stage. So when you have these two people in there, it's like WWF. They're in there and, ah, and they're going at it. I mean, we saw it in Rittenhouse and we saw it in 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 uh, uh, uh the, the mother racist fucks, uh, the Arbery. We saw that. We saw the battle within the courtroom. But afterwards, man, these people are going and having drinks. They're going and shooting golf. They're patting each other on the back. Man, you did a hell of a job. You're going to get some good clients, some good business. It's a buddy system. This is what me and, and Mr. Joseph, Mr. Joseph and I, this is what we tried to bring to you right these facts and awareness of what is really going on and what the issue is how does this issue affect america because i'm going to give it to you in a small format like this you have okay an individual like curtis davis okay who gets taken from his family from his from his life and whatever he planned on doing with his life he gets plucked out of of that and thrown into a society that he knows nothing about. This was a military man. He knows nothing about prison life, anything like that, you see? And because you wanted your conviction and and, and your publicity or whatever it was that you did to screw this guy over, his own attorney screwed him over, which was a a black man. So don't don't think just because you're black, you can go hire a black attorney and he's going to defend you because you're black, because he will sell your ass out as well. By the way, black. There you go. And I say in my book, God Honest the Truth from the Sandbox and Sell Block is on Amazon.com right now. And I say in my book, when I first seen my attorney and he was black, I thought he was my black superhero here to save the day. But then I quickly find out that he was a villain. Mm. He was not no hero. So that right there from my own experience lets me know that it has nothing to do with white or black. It has something to do with class, mm-hmm. class level. And they will sacrifice one 
who's already damaged to preserve another one who will be damaged later on in life, but just didn't reach that level of criminality yet. So basically, they swipe you out for the money. The money, the, right. the, the the power, the yeah, just the the notoriety, you know, just just we're cattle. We we are cattle. When when we put ourselves again, we put ourselves in the grinder. There's no question about it. Whether we consciously do it or unconsciously do it, but the choices that we make in our lives puts us in these positions. They know that we're coming. All they do is build the hotel. They know people's coming to the hotel. They're standing outside valeting people. You see what I'm saying? Because they know that you're coming. How do they know? Because they designed a system, right, to make you make the choices that you make. You have to consciously know that you're making bad choices. But if you don't have that, that mental structure, that environment, or, or that, that mentor in your life, that just that one positive role model to, to, that taught you to make better choices, you dig what I'm saying? You, you get caught up in this cycle of emotions and chaos, and you're making emotional, chaotic decisions. You end up going to juvie at 12 years old. I'm breaking in the houses, robbing people at 12. You're doing the things that you're doing at 12, 13. We're going to juvie back and forth. We get used to the system. Next thing you know, we're being tried as an adult, but who cares? It's, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? And now yeah. you go to state prison. You come home. You find out at 23, 24 is hard out here that to make it you ain't got no kind of skills nobody has no faith in you so you're like damn that man let me do what i do you go back to prison you're gone for 15 20 this is the cycle hey let me say something man uh you know when you when you when you do this interview tomorrow i believe it's tomorrow right we're gonna try to set it up for tomorrow um but it's again it's on his time so okay well i'm gonna be looking forward hopefully tomorrow with that being said after I watched that interview with you and him, I want us to follow up on it because I want to see what he says. And, you know, being one um, who's been incarcerated and also have a brother that's falsely incarcerated right now for over 23 years, uh, I can identify with it. So when you and him finish uh, such a profound topic and the opportunity for the world to hear the voice of a man who's been held captive against his will and by force for the last 12 to 13 years of his life is something that uh, should be taken serious. So I applaud you for bringing these type of topics to the surface, even though most people would choose to ignore the reality and go look at something more, uh, you know, fantasy something yeah. more more drawing to the eyes of like somebody getting raped in prison or someone yeah. getting stabbed in the eye with a pencil like ridiculous shit like that opposed yeah. to you know hearing about you know a man or maybe a woman who's held captive away from their babies you know away from their child and they're being raised by another man or another woman and they just can't figure out why they're in this cell because they had no clue of what happened. And that's the worst thing. At least when I was in jail, uh, I knew I'd committed those crimes. So all I had to do was get over that and hold myself accountable for what I've done. You can live with it then. But when you're forced to live with something that you didn't do, 
how can you even put it in perspective? How can you even change yourself? How can you begin to rehabilitate yourself when you was never even uncivilized? Right? Make, make sense? Oh, so, you make, yeah, you make perfect sense, Carl. You know, so, you know, I, I really, you know, I have to get ready to go because I have to get ready to take care of some business. And I, I just, you know, I ha- I could not resist to come on the stage with my brother Thomas Freeman in your podcast because you've been doing a beautiful job since I've known you. You have been sold your soul. You have not uh, detoured from the topics of upliftment and empowerment in education and providing the information that you do in such a way. Uh, so I just had to come see, I still got my coat on, you know, I was on my way out the door, but it was, it was, it was my honor because you're genuine, man. And you helped me behind the scenes. People don't even know these things about you. You helped me with my website. You helped me do so many different things, man. And if people don't or cannot understand your purpose here, then they need to go ahead and read you know, rethink what their purpose is here. <laughs> what are you here for? Yeah, you know I mean, I just want to salute you, man, and, and let you know, man, I'm honored again to be on the Thomas Freeman podcast, man. We're going to do many, many more big things. We got a lot of big things coming in the way. So okay. when you do your interview tomorrow, please, please make sure you send it directly to me so I can watch it and let's talk about it again from after his perspective. How about no that? question, no question, no question, and and I and I and I thank you for for all your kind words, man. And, yeah, and that's it. it. This is this I is why it. I bring you on because of who you are, the genuineness I mean, of of you, what you've been through. People really don't true. understand. They see the calm mm-hmm. nature of you now, but people really don't understand who you are. But we're gonna bring all of that to light through through the time. Yeah. Bring what I who I am through time, and and but. That's the thing is, is you and I, we're not here to talk about us, right? We're not here to talk about us. We're here to enlighten our communities as to what is going on, what's tearing our communities down and what we can do. And you and I are living examples, living proof of it doesn't matter where you came from, what you were about. You can change that today. Our communities need help. You and I are just common people. We're just getting up and we're doing something. And this is what we're urging people just to get up and do. Know who your community yeah. leaders are. Know who's giving back. Know who's who's providing, you know, the information to help people, not just for likes and subscribes. So. Amen. Hey, be safe, brother. And all your travels tonight. I know it's Thank cold you. out there. I mean, you, you bundled up inside the house. Well, I can't even imagine where you at. I'm in Ohio. So you got the, the four girl running that, you know what I mean? Ah, you in Cleveland, huh? Yeah, uh-uh, I'm in Dayton. Oh, you in Dayton? Yeah. yeah. Big D, that's right. Okay, man, we be safe. Take care Peace. of yourself, man. And you know how we say it, man. Be your best self, dog. No doubt. Much Stay love, up, man. Brother. We Peace. out.